Welcome to season four, Fostering Change, the number one podcast in adoption and foster care. You know, each week we speak to the most amazing good humans about topics that touch each and every one of us. If you have a guest suggestion or interest in sponsoring our podcast, please visit us at fosteringchange at comfortcases.org. Now, sit back, enjoy, learn, get motivated, and let's speak to some fascinating guests. Well, you know what? It's so hard to believe that we are here at another episode of Fostering Change. You know, I have been so, so lucky that in the last four seasons, I have met some amazing people. I have read some incredible books. Um, I have been able to have the opportunity that I've always wanted, which is to have a conversation. And, you know, having a conversation, I truly do believe, changes our community in so many ways. You know, years ago, I was able to meet our next guest. And I actually met her because one, her brother um, actually is the one who put my book out of Forever Family, but she had a book out that I absolutely fell in love with. And so I had to have her on. We talked about her book and I said to her, you know, I was going to have her back, you know, and I'm glad that today is the day. Charlie Jeter, welcome to Fostering Change. Thank you for having me back. <laughs> I'm so excited. First of all, I want to say congratulations. Congratulations. You just received an award that I was just so, matter of fact, I had to look up about it because I was so intrigued. But can you tell our listeners and our viewers exactly the award that you just received and was held at the Lincoln Center? Yeah, it was um, uh, for 100 Black Men, the organization. It's a nationwide organization. They do amazing work to support young Black men in the in the community and helping them along their path to success. And I've known about them ever since, I mean, for many, many years. And so to get the email from them asking if they could honor me at their event was just super humbling. I was so appreciative. And then when I got there, I realized it was the Jackie Robinson Community Award, which even touched me more. So I was really excited and just humbled to be standing up there with so many amazing people in the community. Yeah. You know what? It's, it's, I always think it's kind of really amazing when, you know, when I see people that truly deserve the award and you truly do, I mean, you are definitely what I consider a doer um, and, you know, doers do, you know, the fact is, is, you know, for me as a dad, you know, I have five kids and four of my kids being kids of color, you know, especially, you know, three of my boys, it's nice to know that there's organizations out there because no matter what anyone says, I remind people all the time, you know, when people look at my skin color, they actually want to know my credit score. When they look at my boys, they want to know what they're going to steal or what they're going to take. And so I, I love the fact that there's an organization that's lifting up our children who so many times need to be lifted up. You know, one of the things that I love is the fact that you are actually the president of an organization called Turn to Foundation. And I've always believed that, you know, kids helping kids is truly how our future will be brighter. So for instance, in our organization, we have no age restrictions. And so we have kids who come in and pack cases for children in foster care. And we know that empathy isn't something we're born with, that it's taught. Um, can you tell our listeners and our viewers what exactly is the Turn To Foundation? Well, the Turn To Foundation is an organization that my brother started his rookie year playing with the Yankees. And he asked my dad, who was a drug and alcohol therapist by trade, if he would start the organization with him. He always wanted to have his own nonprofit and to give back in the community where he worked and where he grew up and also where he lived in Florida. 
And so they both sat down and they talked about, well, what is our mission going to be? And they wanted to have a mission that was going to stand the test of time, something that was always going to be an issue, some finding a way, first of all, to affect our youth and to do something positive for our youth. But knowing that with my dad being a drug and alcohol therapist, that at the time it was, well, that's always going to be an issue for young people. It's always going to be something that they're faced with um, growing up that's going to keep them from living a successful life as they get older. So they started the foundation and it was to promote healthy lifestyles amongst today's youth. Um, and as they started that through, they had um, baseball clinics, they had leadership programs, they did after school programming. They decided that we always knew that our kids are influenced more so by the kids that they hang out with than they are by the adults in their lives. You know, at some point they're listening to the friends they have have around them. So we thought an amazing thing to do is to get young ambassadors and young high school students, we called them our Jeter's leaders. And we were going to, instead of Derek being the person that was going to talk to these kids where they really couldn't relate to him as much, he would have these high school ambassadors that would be out there doing good in the community, would be promoting social change in the community. They would be mentors to younger students in the community. They'd be living healthy lifestyles, doing well in school. You know, academic achievement is a huge part of our programming, but really being positive peers to each other and, and allowing them to have other people that are doing well in the community and want to make a difference um, and to give back. So we started our leadership program, which is our flagship program um, in our organization. And we, you know, we've, we've just seen it completely thrive over the years and it's continued to grow and grow and grow. And so I'm super excited about that program. And it's what makes me think a lot about what you guys are doing and how we have so many synergies. Yeah, we really do. We really do. First of all, I love the whole fact of a younger person mentoring even a younger person because you are exactly right. You know, if you look at, you know, our our generations of the young children today, you know, they're following each other on TikTok and they're, you know, they're all onto the social media. So they are looking up to that other person instead of somebody, let's say my age of 56. You know, I love the fact that you have that type of mentoring program. Have you had any kids who who have come back after going through your program and said, you know what, look, look what this did, or look what, you know, do you have any stories or, you know, people that have come back to you and have spoken to you after going through this? Yeah. I mean, we have a lot, we have an alumni program. So we follow our kids in college and then post-college we have, have had students that have gone on and actually hired other students in our program when they're off at companies when our kids go on college tours throughout the year, there's not too many colleges that they stop at that we don't have an alumni maybe that's currently there or went there that helps give their tours. But I think I have, you know, my, what is the biggest like telling of the success of the program for me is when we have an employee who graduated from the program. And so we have a, her name is Betty. She was one of the first graduating classes of Jeter's Leaders in our program back in 97, she started. And she came back and she interned with our program. And then she became a co program coordinator, then the program director of our program. And then, and she's off working elsewhere now doing the same type of good work. But she was probably one of our biggest success stories. And then also we have our program director of all of our entire foundation is a graduate of our program. So, or I'm, yeah, as a graduate of the Jeter's Leaders program. So it's been great. 
that's you know there's nothing better than when you you know that what you're doing is truly truly making a difference and an impact you know for us you know with kids who are dealing in foster care you know it's so hard at times for them you know they're going from place to place do you happen to have a lot of kids in your program do you have kids that are from the system you know that are actually in your program as well we have in the past, I don't know if currently we do, but I know that we have in the past had uh, students that were in the system for sure. And it made for an interesting dynamic when <laughs> trying to, to work, which I think this is, you know, we should all be working together to figure out how we can support kids no matter where, where they are. And so I think that that could probably be made a little bit easier, which I think is a lot of the work that you guys do. But yes, we have had kids that were in the system before. So, you know, we, we're all coming out of COVID, you know, as you know, for some reason, I said this just the other day to, I think my daughter, I was like, I feel like some people don't even think COVID ever existed, but it did. Okay. So we're all coming out of COVID. How did that affect your foundations, especially because of the fact that you're so kid-based and we were so isolated? How did that affect your foundation? Well, it affected us a lot in the sense, I mean, the obvious side of it is right, the fundraising side of it. You have no more fundraisers. And so you're sitting there just like, okay, no money coming in, but we need to send money out because we still had kids, right? And we still had to support them. We had to make a quick transition. I have an amazing staff. I always say I have the best staff in the world. They put in extra hours when everybody else was kind of working from home and taking it a little bit easier. My staff was working extra hours because- they were trying to figure out how are we going to completely transition all of our programming into remote. They were answering phone calls from students in the middle of the night that were just having a tough time, but they did a great job. We were still able to offer programming online and a lot more mental health support. We, we started to use, you know, tap into some of the other programming that we have. We have a program in Washington Heights here in New York. That's all, uh, it's elementary based programming, but it's all around mental health. And so we were able to work with our partners there and they would offer, you know, online services for our students and for their families. And so we were trying to just figure out, you know, put this whole puzzle together and figure out how we were going to keep them receiving the same programming. You know, yeah, because I mean, like me with a nonprofit, it was very hard. And, you know, I remember the very beginning, it was, you know, it was, you know, like you, I feel I have the best staff in the world. We rolled our sleeves up because kids were still coming into foster care. And yep. you and I still had to continue to do the work. And we weren't able to, you know, stay at home. You know, for instance, we had to come in and pack cases and every, you know, it was definitely a different time. Listen up, everybody. I love this conversation. I I love when I'm able to talk to my friends and I love the fact that people were able to learn about new organizations. The organization is TURN and it's the number two, by the way, it's turn2foundation.org. You're going to see it on the screen, but we're going to be right back. This episode of Fostering Change is sponsored by Comfort Cases, a national nonprofit that inspires our communities to bring hope and dignity to our youth that are in foster care. For just $10 a month, you can support the Comfort Case mission and help us eliminate trash bags for kids who are entering foster care. For every $10 that you give, Comfort Cases will give a Comfort XL to a child entering the system. Be part of the change. Visit comfortcases.org.
Well, you know, sometimes you just start to talk and you know there's a break and then you just keep on going because it's been a while since you've caught up with your friend. And that's exactly what's happened with me and my friend, Charlie. You know, listen, I want to talk about the thing that is the, normally it's the bubble that nobody wants to talk about and that is funding. You know, as nonprofits, one of the things that has always bothered me, and by the way, I come from the banking side of the world for 28 years. You know, I never really knew much about nonprofits nonprofit and how the funding was all done. And, and I am absolutely stunned that number one, I see such waste through our government. And I see nonprofits like yours that are truly impacting the future of a child. And we're sitting here most times scraping and begging for money. What do you think that we as a society could do better when it comes to funding our nonprofits? Well, I mean, I think that's a loaded question. I mean, I do a lot of discussions around this and I do a lot of talking to different companies as well, just about how right now we're in a time, especially during COVID, there was a lot of talk and with all the things that were going on in this country. And we were actually having conversations around diversifying the workforce. And so when I when I'm meeting with people, um, especially in companies, because that's where you get a lot of, well, in my situation, that's where a lot of our funding comes from. Um, and they talk to me about, you know, diversifying and diversifying and diversifying and getting kids from all different backgrounds and how important it is. And, and then I say, okay, well, then write us a check because we're the ones who are preparing those kids to get to you. And so I think that, you know, this is a uh, funding our organizations is actually allowing the world overall to be better, to be more well-rounded, to include kids who are brilliant from all different backgrounds. Um, and so I think it's very, very important. Yeah, and we do. We work really, really hard to get this funding. And to me, it's such a no-brainer that this is where money should be going towards and supporting organizations that are really doing the the work to prepare our young people to be amazing citizens in the future. Yeah, you know, I always say this, you know, back in the day, I used to hear older people say, you know, invest in a child and you invest in their future. But that's truly not true. When you invest in a child, you actually invest in your future. You know, yeah. they are our leaders of tomorrow. And yeah. to me, I feel like, especially when it comes to corporations, I mean, I do believe that corporate responsibility is to build a stronger foundation of your community. And how other way do you do that, but to invest in a child, you know, do you often see, as you were saying, you know, earlier in our first segment, um, we were talking about, you know, kids going to the colleges and you have alumni. Do, do you often see where, you know, let's say that, you know, I, for instance, I have five kids. I have one child who's, she's just like, dad, I don't know if college is for me. Do you all work on other ways for, for kids to, you know, continue on this span with you all through trade schools or things like that? So we focus mainly, our main focus is college, and that's for a number of reasons. But, you know, we have had some kids who have gone off to the service right after high school. We really push the college experience because it's not just about the education that they're getting. It's really preparing them for for life. And so we stay pretty focused on the on the college experience. All of our kids have graduated and gone off to college. And we just think that it still is a very important part of development. And and really we look at college like it's just an extension of high school. You just keep going. It's not really something that we talk about as being, you know, an optional 
thing right, for them. Right. No, and and I let me tell you, I as a kid who never had an opportunity to go to college, growing up in the system, you know, college is just something. When you only, when you look at kids in foster care, only fifty four percent of them actually graduate from high school, and only three percent get a college education. And so, you know, I am I am that all for you know the college. As as I say to my oldest son, he's twenty two years old. He just finished his sophomore year in college, and I say to him, you know, to me, it's more about that life experience, you know, something that I never experienced, my husband did, but I didn't experience is more about that life experience. And I think that that is so, so important. Do you ever have, you know, we're talking back about corporations, you know, do we ever, do you ever have an opportunity where like corporations come in and say, you know what, I want to mentor this group for you. I want to come in and really, you know, they do do that. Yes, we do. We have a lot of situations where we partner with different organizations. They may give us so much money a year for to support the foundation, but also we do different career days is a huge part of what we do. We try to expose our kids to as many different companies and job opportunities. We feel like, you know, they don't even understand the fact that like you can go to a law firm. They think it's only lawyers can work at a law firm, but there's a head of diversity and there's you know, different, different positions that they would have, you know, an HR department where they're not lawyers, where they had no idea that they could have an opportunity working at a law firm and not have a law degree. And so we, we found out that that ended up being like a huge thing to expose, especially high school students to before they're going off to college. And we've seen a lot of our kids change what their career track is going to be when they or what they were going to study in college after just being exposed to these companies. So we have that. And then we also have an internship program. So we work with maybe about 30 to 40 companies a year on place paid internships because we believe we believe that our students, a lot of them, they can't afford to take off a summer and just do an internship and not get paid for it. We're not taking the opportunities when they were unpaid because they needed to work and some of them needed to help support their families in the right. summertime. Right. So we, we needed paid internship opportunities for our kids and luckily we've had them. And so we do a lot of that. And then and then also too, we do have like mentor mentoring relationships where there's some steady corporate leaders that do come and they mentor our students. I love that. I absolutely love that. It, it makes me really, you know, it gives me that hope again about corporations because I think that that is so, so important. But, you know, the one thing that I love that you said is you talked about the going into the law office and, you know, I've heard paralegals actually work harder than the, the attorneys do and they don't have the they don't have the law degree. So, you know, being a paralegal or even when you're in a doctor's office thinking, oh, it's only doctors. Well, no, it's not. You know, besides the nurses, there are HR directors that are there. There's so many things. And I love that. I do believe that if you take a child and you you truly let them see what the whole picture is, they can find their way. They can find their way. Listen, everybody, the organization is turntofoundation.org. I am asking you to do me a big favor. I'm asking you to go to their website 
and make a donation. You know, I say this quite often, $1 equals $2 that could equal $5. And it's a difference between a child being able to go to a program like this and truly enriching their future. Enriching their future because you're enriching your future. These are kids who are going to lead us tomorrow. And what an amazing organization. You know, Charlie, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for, you know, allowing just to call up and say, hey, come on on to the fostering change. But thank you for giving back so much. Because the fact is, is that, you know, I mean, you're a Jeter. And let's just, you know, you didn't have to do this. You could have gone on to your career. You've, you're, a, you're a best-selling author. But now you have totally taken your life and you have focused on making a child's life better for tomorrow. I have one last question for you. Okay. And that is, is that if you had one wish, you know, when it comes to your foundation, and let's not talk about the funding part of it, but if you had one wish about your foundation that you would want the public to know, what would that be? Oh, that's a good question. One wish. I talk about this often. I just want people to realize that the youth that we serve and all youth, they want to do well. They want to succeed. They want to make us proud. They really do. They want to go to a company and do a good job and make them proud. And the only thing that a lot of these kids are missing is opportunity. So my wish is that people will look at this and look within and say, you know what? I Just by doing the bare minimum, we can actually help these kids who really want to do a good job. None of these kids want to be in trouble in the future. None of these kids want to go to jail. None of these kids don't want to have an education and, and do poorly and let us down. They all want to do well. And all they need is the opportunity. So I just hope that through my work with the foundation that we continue to show people that we are changing lives and we have kids who really want to make this country proud and this world proud. And they want to, they want to give back and they want to be good good community members. Yeah, I love it. Good humans. They're good humans. Well, listen, everybody, how do you end it any other way? But exactly that. I mean, we all must realize that at the end of the day, each one of these kids, they just want, you know, opportunity opportunity. And that's what you're getting. Listen, everyone, this is another amazing episode of Fostering Change. I cannot thank you enough for supporting us. I can't thank you enough for supporting the organizations that we have on. You know, again, as I said, as you're listening to this, go onto the website, make a donation. Every single dollar adds up. We truly, truly know that. And even though, you know, maybe this week you decide not to go to that overpriced coffee shop that, you know, we all visit and take that money and donate it and donate it to the future of yours because that is what you do when you donate into this organization for a child. Until next time, this is Rob Shear and another episode of Fostering Change. I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for listening or watching the latest episode of Fostering Change. All of us on our team hope that you've learned something new today and have been inspired to be a good human. Now, just a reminder that you can always find Fostering Change on your favorite channels on Google, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, and others including, of course, comfortcases.org. I want to give a big thank you to all of you for joining us each and every week. And a reminder that if you have a suggestion for a guest, or maybe you might have a question about today's podcast, or are interested in becoming a sponsor of Fostering Change, 
please don't hesitate to email me personally at fosteringchange@comfortcases.org. Now, that's it for now. Thanks again, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Take care.